Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 205. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, what's up, buddy? Mm. I am tired. Uh, sorry, that big slurp was me trying to get a sip of whiskey in before I hit the talk, and I, <laughs> I timed it very poorly. Um, yeah, I, I did a lot of work around the house. We lift we're, we're replacing the windows on the front of the house and we have our house is pretty tall i had to climb up scaffolding and bring up these me and my wife and help and uh my father-in-law had to bring up these big heavy ass windows all the way to the second floor which doesn't sound tough it is it's not also helpful when you're terrified of heights like i am and yeah. you're on like rickety scaffolding yeah i i couldn't I, I couldn't get up on scaffold. That, that that to me would that would skeeve me out. I'm, I'm all I'm all set with that. Yeah, and like heaving up like hundred pound windows, right? And like trying to balance it. it was. I did it. I had to climb up and down. By the end of the day, I was up and down that thing like a monkey. It was incredible. Oh yeah, no, without a doubt. But I I'm right there with you. I used to when I worked that one summer as a plumber with my uh, cousin. Taking we took a ladder up like to the roof of a house and that was like a top five frightening moment for me hated it that that sounds terrifying i hate ladders (laughs) so much yeah uh so we we have uh a lot to get to mitch but before all of that you have some something or someone to talk about let's get to it yeah so we have manscaped to talk about and uh using the code fansided20 so if you go to manscaped.com use the code fansided20 you can get 20% off and free shipping uh, with your order. And honestly, do yourself a favor and, and get one if you don't already. Uh, I, I use it all the time. I have a Manscaped 4.0. Uh, the charge lasts forever. The LED light, a game changer. It's been yes. a game changer forever, but you can turn it off now. What? I don't know why so, you would, but right like why not i guess if it's like if you're pointing it upwards and it's shining right in uh, your eyeball fair that's never enough like you want to have your eye on the ball not the <laughs> you know but <laughs> anyways so head over to fansided or sorry head over to manscape.com and use code fansided20 to get 20% off and free shipping on your order there you go absolutely take advantage of that I have mine. I even love like the cologne. That's a solid one too. I don't have the cologne. I got the the ball bomb. I think is what it is. Okay. I love it. Absolutely love it. There you go. So we have uh, we have a lot to get into today. We're gonna start with the expansion draft. What happened? Who the Islanders lost? And then get into all right now. What's next? And then Mitch has got some down on the farm stuff, but. Can we just talk about the expansion draft like as a whole for a second before we talk about losing Jordan Eberle? Because that was what a bleep show that was, Mitch. <laughs> it was so bad. It was the worst part. Like the it was so unentertaining. And yes, I understand all of the names were already leaked well ahead of time. Maybe not all, but most of them. Mm-hmm. 
So we knew who they were going to pick, but still the the show, the program was so boring and dry and cringe and stuffy, like, oh, awful, regardless of whoever they picked. I didn't know Macklemore still made music. I haven't heard that name in probably like five <laughs> years. And I work in radio, which is <laughs> which says something. When was his last big one? I thrift store and honestly that was really bad i, I, I don't know i want to say something from like 2013 but someone's going to be prove me wrong i'm sure on that i'm sure and look honestly he was really good i really yeah, liked the like 20 seconds they had macklemore up there yeah he was rather entertaining marshall lynch had no shot i forget whose name he was trying to pronounce but it was it was not going well Callie cali yarn crook oh the, i mean that's a mouthful i would have a hard time with that why? Sorry, why? J A N K K R O K. Good luck to anyone, including Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, no, that was a tough spot for him. And just like the banter back and forth on ESPN in between the picks was just so weird. They were like any team that was bad, like they were like just really laying the hammer down on them and basically like. Well, the Flyers don't play any defense, but I guess it's good they got Ryan Ellis, right? And it's like, oh, this is just so bad. It was, and I, I get that you're trying to add some life by being a little negative, and that's fine. Uh, but it was too much, right? Because yeah. you're, you're 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 going back to the well too frequently there. Exactly. It just, I don't know. It, it felt so forced. If it was more natural, then okay. Like I feel like that would have been passable, but it wasn't. It was so forced and ugh, gross yeah not helping things were no trades yeah. no trades like that's what makes the draft so fun because there, there's something to be like oh my god there's drama there was no drama at all no absolutely none because a we knew all the picks and then there were no trades like i remember uh with vegas there was so much movement i mean well the islanders were involved with the trade but just felt like so different from that experience in 2017 and fast forward four years later what a odd performance in seattle i don't know what francis was thinking really the only trade was uh oh my god what am i blanking tyler pitlick pitlick yeah i was gonna say the guy they took from arizona i couldn't think of his name but and that's today right that was yeah. not anyone giving any sort of cons- c- uh, compensation to seattle to take the steer them away from certain players it was Oh, we picked this guy. We're going to flip him for picks. And that was one trade for a fourth, fourth round pick. Yeah, that was it. That was the big, like, storyline from, from this was trading Pitlick for a fourth. Come on. Right. So not only did they not really draft a lot of talent, they didn't really capitalize on their position vis-a-vis the market and got anything out of it. I understand the price was high. But if no one is willing to meet your price and that is something you absolutely want to meet, then the price has to come down. That That's the law of economics, supply and demand, buddy. Like, no one is meeting it, bring it down a bit. Oh, you can't get a first and a third? Okay, well, just ask for a first then. Yeah, or, or exactly. That seems like negotiating one-on-one. Like, all right, let's try to figure something out unless they just couldn't get to a point they felt comfortable with. But I don't know. The asking prices sounded very, very high all around. Yeah. Unless this is the philosophy, right? Like, this is what they wanted to do. This is how they wanted to build it. All right, cool. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, it seems strange. The, the, it, based off what we're seeing now, there's no way they're a playoff team. Although, when you look at some models, e- even the people who create the models are like, I don't know why this, this model is so high on this team because this doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Their first line is probably McCann, Gord, and Eberle. Yeah, and flip flop McCann and Gord either left wing or center. But you know, you probably Gord in the center. But still, yeah. <laughs> oh boy! Like they have a few like nice players, but it, it's not anything that's going to put them towards playoff contention. At least in my eyes, anyway. It doesn't seem like it, right? Like, of course, maybe they know something we don't, and just, like, the meshing of those players will just work, and maybe the chip on their shoulders will work uh, or turn into something. But when you look at that team on paper, you're going, yikes, I hope they got something more in the cupboard. And then you look and you're going, yikes, not really. Oh, boy. Yeah, so I guess with that, let's get into losing Jordan Eberle and just what that means. So 
Uh, the protected list was a little bit of a surprise. Both Eberle and Bailey were left exposed, um, which I, I, if I remember correctly, when we were talking last week, neither of us had both of those guys uh, exposed. So Lou went a different route. There seemed to be a little bit of a fear that it was going to be Josh Bailey, that the Seattle Kraken were looking at him, which I don't know about you, Mitch. I don't think I would have had a good time with that one. Not saying that I'm happy that Jordan Eberle is gone, but I think it would have hurt more losing Josh Bailey. It would have. Uh, and obviously, I, I think that would have been the wrong pick for them as well. I understand there's all the talk like, well, he could be leadership material. True. But let's be honest, Jordan Eberle is, is a better player. Just even analytically speaking, like not, not considering he can definitely put up 50 to 60 points, whereas Josh Bailey, you're going... Maybe he can still do 50 points, but we're not sure anymore. Uh, that's not the case with Jordan Eberle. He'll, he'll he'll probably be fine. He'll get top line minutes and he'll he'll put up points for them. But losing Josh Bailey would have been difficult, just emotionally, like you said. Not only because he's a, a good player for the team now, but because of what he means to this franchise and what he's meant since 2008. Right, and we all know the story. Drafted in 2008, bumpy road for a while, a long time, uh, but figures it out in the last five years has been very, very good for this team. And, you know, we talked about in the past, he's a versatile piece. He could play on the left or the right side. He could take face-offs if need be. He could play on the top line, second line, third line, and, you know, all over the map. That's nine different places you could put him realistically, which is, you know, it's useful. Where Everly, great, good top six player, and like you said, probably going to be on their first line, put up 20, 25 goals, but I just don't think he's as versatile. And I I don't, I don't know if it would have like, I don't know how am I trying to say this, this team losing Bailey would have meant more than what losing Everly means for them right now. Oh, absolutely. For sure. You're, you're absolutely right. Jordan Everly is not a more versatile player. He's a right wing and that's it. You can't put him down the middle. Can't put him on the left. I guess you could, but why would you do that? Um, he, he's a righty, and that's it, and, yeah. and a top six righty. Um, so, yeah, losing Bailey would have been rough for us, um, but it is what it is. Josh uh, Jordan Eberle is now gone. That's $5.5 million all, like, off the cap again, right? That's the third yeah. $5.5 million salary Lou Lamarillo is able to move, technically speaking. Lou didn't really move it, but he allowed Jordan Eberle to be essentially moved. So uh, that's huge right there for the Islanders. Yeah, because that gives them a, a, a ton to play with in a little bit. We'll get into that 23.6, if I'm not mistaken, in, in cap space. But, I mean, you're going to have to replace someone in your top six. You put up 33 points in 55 games last year. Year prior, 40 and 58. Uh, rough year in 18-19, only 37 points, but came on strong, finished with 19 goals, and had a good playoff. Uh, and his first year at the Islanders, 59 points and 25 goals. So uh, over four years, 169 points, 272 games played. And a couple of big playoff moments, too. Absolutely, 100%. Like, he, he played the role that he was brought in to play. I guess maybe not really, because he was really meant to play For next Tavares. to uh, Tavares. But that didn't work out. No fault of Jordan Emerley's, of course. Um, but he made good on it by striking this relationship on and off the ice with Matthew Barzal, uh, specifically on the ice. And it, and it really, really worked out for them. So th- that's going to be tough going forward to replace that. Not not that the Islanders can't find a right wing, but to find the right right wing, right? To find a person who can not only gel on the ice, but off the ice in terms of at least character with Matthew Barzal. Yeah, so that's where I guess this is going to go now in what's the next step here? Yeah, I just wanted to say one quick thing on the expansion. Oh, yes, it's actually yes. back-to-back times that Josh Bailey's left exposed. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. I wasn't thinking that, but you're 100% right. I was just thinking about it from the last one because uh, there was something that came up earlier today, and well, I think we're going to get to it later, uh, about the last expansion draft. And, and it got me thinking, and I, I noticed Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey weren't ex- were protected. Uh, so this is back-to-back expansion drafts. Josh Bailey has never and probably will never be protected in an expansion draft. Just funny thing. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, but would, would never now, have let's, let's move on to the next thing then. 
Exactly, because as we were saying, $23.6 million in cap space leaves a lot of room for Lou Lamarillo to do some things with. And there's really, to me, there's three different routes the Islanders can go here. And I guess I'll, I'll lay them out and you tell me what your favorite is, and then we'll get into okay. breaking it down a little bit more. Uh, so operating on the assumption, which I think is a fair assumption, that Beauvillier, uh, Pellick, Sorokin, and Sezikis are re-signed. Those four. So let's call it roughly $15 million for the four. Okay. Uh, plus or minus however many. Uh, so that leaves you with about, let's say, $8, 9000000 million. You could either A, go with someone you're familiar with who looked good in a small role up top in Kyle Palmieri. You could bring him back probably cheaper than what Jordan Eberle was getting at $5.5 million. You could look at the open market and go all in on paying Gabriel Landeskog, which is very enticing for me. Or you can get on the telephone and get the St. Louis Blues on the f- on the phone and try to land Vladimir Tarasenko, which you'd have to give up more assets to do that. But if healthy, I don't think there's a better goal scorer available. I'm not sure which way to go. I think it's going to have to be the first one. You think it's going to be Kyle Palmieri coming back? I don't want to hitch my wagon to anyone, but when you look at those numbers, you're saying, okay, uh, we have, without Johnny Boychuk, 17.6. At his $6 million, we technically have 23.6 million. It's not exactly how it works, but let's just for the sake of argument, let's just go with that. And we're saying $15 million. We're going to have to do some math here, Matt, unfortunately. We're oh, saying no. $23 million, right total, 23.67. And we're using rounding up to $15 million for those four guys. We have $8.67 million, but we still haven't plugged two of the holes that we freed up. right? We we haven't filled uh, oh God, Jordan Eberle's spot, and we haven't filled Nick Letty's spot either. No. So if you're giving $8.67 million, like, it's going to take probably $8 million to sign uh, Gabriel Aniscock. Probably, Between yeah. seven and eight, right? Yep, yeah, I would say so, yes. And then Landa, uh, Tarasenko is 7.5. Now, it could be that that um, St. Louis will retain money now, so maybe we don't get him for the full seven and a half. But still, if you're taking, let's say, $6 million on, you're only left with 2.67. That's it, not enough to sign a top four defenseman. No, probably not. So then that would lead me to believe that Thomas Hickey or Leo Komarov are, are going to have to be on the move here, maybe over the weekend with the draft. Right. So uh, at least as Leo Komarov is still on the roster. Uh, Thomas Hickey is not. He's and buried. when I say on the roster, I'm talking about cap friendly here. Thomas Hickey, I believe, yes, he's buried in the minors. So they're already receiving the $1.125 million saving here. If they can get another $1.125 saving from Leo Komarov going to the minors. So plus 1.125, that leaves him with $3.795 million, roughly, we're rounding here a little bit, um, to sign a top four defenseman in the open market. Now that's... Maybe. They could, you what know, you, pull, like, probably pull in Mike Riley at maybe three and a half. What do you think Suter's going to get? Well, that's that's the thing, right? That also, you know, maybe he gets three, and then it fits. We're good. Because right. his last deal was three six, so I don't think his he's last... getting. I don't think he's getting a bump. Ryan Suter. I'm fairly positive. That's no, what I it thought. Was it more was. than that. Really? He was he was on for like ninety eight million dollars for nine years. Yeah, seven point five three eight. His cap hit. I don't know where I'm seeing three three point six. I'm sorry. Ignore that's me. That's fine. Maybe you're thinking of someone else like Alec Martinez or something? Mm, don't know. Yeah, so um, what's his name? Sutter was on for seven and a half. Yeah, Alec Martinez had $4 million, so maybe you're thinking of him? Yeah, Either way. Could be. Sorry. doesn't matter. If we want to sign a top four defenseman, we're, we're cutting it close, and this is including the Nick Letty money. Um, so it, it's going to be tough to fit all those things in and and I, we we haven't talked about Tarasenko, right? No, we did. We took six million dollars off for Tarasenko. Tar- yeah, so tough ask. So, well, it's possible. We've heard it. 
So that that's why I'm sitting with the the Palmieri one, just because we could do Palmieri and we could definitely sign a top four defenseman in the open market, probably like an Alec Martinez, assuming he wants to leave, which isn't necessarily clear right now. No, right. He very well could end up back with Vegas. So, um, yeah, I unfortunately that might have to be the way that they go. I I would like to see a bigger splash than that. Like if you're going to lose Eberle, you're going to lose Letty and you move Andrew Ladd's five and a half million dollars. If you told me all those things, and it was like retaining Kyle Palmieri and adding, uh, you know, a replacement for Letty was it. I don't know how I'd feel about that. Right. Cause when we, when Andrew Ladd was moved, everyone was like, ha! everyone was cheering because this was just the everything everything was possible right we were kevin garnett after this playoff everything is possible but then you're like oh wait a second here when you start crunching the numbers and it's not so clear that we could just go like shopping like it's treat yourself day yeah i think you we're a little bit bamboozled by that 26 million dollars it's staring us in the face and that money's gonna go away very quickly with uh, Beauvillier, Pellick, uh, Sorokin, Zizekas, stuff like that. Now, of course, that's what we're assuming, right? Like, if we're saying fifteen million dollars between the four, they, they he could very he being Lou walk them down a little bit from that, right? Like Pellick's definitely going to get a bump. Uh, how much of a bump is Ilya Sorokin going to get from the one million dollars? It was a two million dollar cap hit, but I think he was only paid one. Yeah. It was $1 million base salary, $1 million signing bonus. So, I'm thinking like three for Sorokin. Yeah, right. And then maybe Bo was on for $2 million as well, wasn't he? Was he not? Yeah, I'm thinking like four for Bo. Four to five, maybe. Maybe, right? 28 points, 47 games. 28 divided 47 over uh, 82. That's a 50-point season. Yeah, gosh, Darren. Um, yeah. Um, I didn't think it was going to be that high. Yeah, so we're, we're talking ourselves into liquidating that pretty quickly. Now, of course, it's not impossible. Like, people out there are going to be like, well, you could always do these things. Yes, yes. You can play armchair GM till you're blue in the face. You can make anything work for sure. Is the market going to be there? And is Lou Lamarillo going to be able to pull off those moves that you think he, he needs to pull? I feel like you're, like, talking at me right now because that's what I've been doing for the last two and a half weeks. <laughs> Like, there's a lot of good rosters out there. I've seen a lot of people even fitting Dougie Hamilton in, and I love it, and I know it can work. I know anyone can show me the math, right, and show me how they came to it, and I get it, and I can all understand it. It's just, I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to say, oh, that's going to be tough because Lou Lamarolo isn't really one to go and do all these big wholesale changes. Already, he's made enough as it is for someone in his position. I don't expect... It's going to be contracts flowing all over the place and all kinds of movement. What if it's like, let's say the tandem of Parise and Suter with Palmieri coming back. Can we live with that? Look, I could live with any option. I trust Lou fully. Whatever he decides is the right avenue and the only avenue and the best avenue to take, I'm fine with. I might have questions, but I'm not going to say like he needs to be fired for whatever he does. So to answer your question in a very long way, yes, I would be fine with that. Okay. Do I want more, though? 100%. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But I don't know if I'm getting greedy. But, man, like, Landeskog is just so perfect for what this team does. Like, he's good, very, very good defensively. He's great on the power play. I think he'd be really good next to Matt Barzell. So who plays on the right, then? I'd put him there. You put him on the right. Okay. If he's fine with that, I'm sure he will, right? You're playing for a Stanley Cup caliber team. Uh, you're going to play next to Anders Lee and Matthew Barzal. Why the hell do you say no? I think it's been a long time, but I'm fairly certain Lee used to play on the right a little bit in his younger days. Maybe. Either way, right? So I, I honestly would rather more than seemingly to... It seems like plan B, right? The backup plan is... Palmieri, uh, Parise, Zajac. Sorry, not Zajac, Suter. Um, 
that seems like the backup plan. All right, I've got that ready. In worst case scenario, that's what I'm going to do. But it seems like maybe he's he's clearly trying to go Landeskog or Tarasenko first. I don't know. Can you imagine the juice from this franchise if they land, or the fan base rather, if they land one of those two players? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of why Tarasenko is he healthy. Apparently he is. Um, and if he is, look out. He could do a lot of damage. No, without a doubt. And I don't know. He, he to me, is similar maybe because of the, the the Russian connection, I was going to say, with uh, Artemi Panarin, but more of the goal scorer than Landeskog is, that's for sure. Yeah, he's not the complete player that Panarin is, but he's definitely going to get you 30 goals if he's healthy. Yes, no, without a doubt. And let's, let's go with that, right? Put Tarasenko on a power play with Matthew Barzell and Anders Lee. Oh, Look yeah. out. Let's go. Oh. Now I'm talking myself into that, and I'm going to be a very sad sack next week. Right. Potentially. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see. Anything else on what what's next, or are we good? Well, there's the one aspect of, like, we, we didn't talk about, well, what about Sebastian Ajo or, or someone internal to replace, let's say, Nick Letty oh, yes. to bring down that cost and reallocate those funds into, let's say, a Tarasenko or a Gabriel Landeskog. Okay. So if you do that, that would mean who is your second pairing lefty? Is it Andy Green or is it um, Sebastian Ajo at that point? Yeah, that's the question. I would assume it'd be Sebastian Ajo. I say that with a lot of hesitancy. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't feel too strongly about that, Mitch. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but just because, like, I don't know. Can you trust Andy Green to play more than like 16 minutes at this point in his career? I don't think so. I I wouldn't, and I I know that Barry Trotz won't because he didn't last year. But then does that mean that Noah Dobson's going to be hitching his wagon to that and still be playing 15 minutes a night too? No, I think Dobson will flip between Green and, and Pellick. Okay, so kind of like what we saw at the end of the playoffs? Yeah, and, and maybe like more of a 50-50 kind of, he'll be there all the time with, with Green, or, or sorry, whenever Green jumps over the board, so will Dobson, but he'll take a few shifts with Pellick type thing. And then Pollock will take a few shifts with... Aho, I guess. Okay. And the reason I bring up Aho, um, it, it's just because he's been around for a while, and they they know what he does. They clearly like him because they haven't shipped him out anywhere. Um, he's been around not only just within the organization, right, as a concept, but he's been around the team specifically, the NHL squad, right. He was with the taxi squad all year, or in the playoffs last year or two years ago. And he was with the team on the taxi squad all year this year. That's true. So he practiced with them all year. They saw what he has to give. Now, do they believe that's enough? I don't know. But there's certainly something there. And, and maybe they, they've, saw, they've seen enough during the, uh, the, uh, the, the full season when he was on the taxi squad to be like, yeah, we can, we can put this guy in the team. Yeah, I think no, you'd course, be. I'm not convinced of this. Sorry. Yes, 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 yes. No, I, I know. I'm, I'm trying to think of how how I was going to respond back to that, and my rebuttal would be: if you're going to do this, then you are trusting Noah Dobson to take a big step this upcoming year. I am, regardless of whoever goes in that position. Oh, I, I think so. I think so too. I'm okay. just not convinced the Islanders do. Right, because then we got to figure, all right, we're giving more to Noah Dobson. We're going to have 38 going on 39-year-old Andy Green oh, and Sebastian Ajo playing, let's say, 16 to 18 minutes a night. And you're going, those are three things that I don't think Barry Trotz has enough hair for. No, but if they get more offense in here, then it gets to that conversation that we were having just a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about moving the offensive needle forward and dropping a little bit back on the defensive end and being okay with that. Exactly, right? Like, they might not be the second or first best defensive team, first best, the best defensive team, but maybe they're the sixth, seventh, or eighth best defensive team. Right, with, like, the 12th best offense. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, like, even it out a little bit, so... A lot of things to consider going forward. And, of course, we don't know what's going to happen. We've got the entry draft starts in two days, and then free agency starts in six days, buddy. 
Yeah, so we'll probably be previewing free agency, I would imagine, in our next episode in 206. So uh, we'll have more for you on that when that gets closer. But still, I, I expect, well, yeah, I'll say, I expect things to still be pretty strong this week with uh, NHL news, so. 100%. Things are still happening. Things are still rolling. The fact that Seattle still has only made one trade leads me to question whatever they've done. I imagine I, there's more coming there. I would I would really hope so. I was expecting... I, The reason why I was so hesitant was because I thought we'd see more of a frenzy today, and it wasn't... It didn't live up to the hype to me. It really did not. Not even close. I was ready. I got most of my work done in the morning, so I was like, I could kind of look at my computer and refresh Twitter a little bit, and I was not amused. No. <laughs> Not at all. Oh, boy. So how about some down on the farm, Mitch? What do you got for us this week? Okay, a few updates here. Uh, The Summer Showcase is happening in Detroit. I believe it's Detroit. No, I'm just going to say it's Detroit. I think it was supposed to be, and it may have moved to Flint. Either way, um, it's in the United States. That's for damn sure. And it's going to be Finland, the U.S., and Sweden playing. And we just got confirmation today that Matthias Rayanemi has made the team for Team Finland. So he will be making the trek over um, to the United States to play for Team Finland. That was never necessarily a question. Uh, it seemed that when I spoke to their head coach that that was going to happen anyways, that Matthias was going to play in the top four. But until you see it written in paper, you never know. Uh, and the fact that he didn't play the last game, you know, you, you, you might have some hesitancy there, but... No, he made the team. We're all good to go. Good. Uh, joining him at that tournament for Team Sweden, that is, is uh, Alexander Ljungkrantz for Team Sweden. He'll also be there. So we got some Isles reps going there. That doesn't start till the end of the month. Okay. So we've got a little bit of time here. So we got a little bit of a waiting on that one, but good to see some Isles faces going that way. Good. Yeah. One more and final update here. Well, I guess maybe two updates. Okay. William Zafool was named to Team Canada's developmental squad. Okay. So that's a 51-member camp in Calgary. He's one of 30 forwards going to play. Now, if he makes it past that, I don't know. But this is essentially step one towards naming the World Junior Championship squad later on in December slash January. Okay. So that's, I mean, that, that's got to be a good sign for him that he's being involved in this kind of stuff. He's already early in, so this is good. Um, can he make the team? I don't know. I wouldn't say he's a favorite to make the team, but he's got size, he's got strength, and he can put in goals. Those are three things that Canada is looking for, specifically at these tournaments, size specifically. They love to boss people around, and it's on home ice as well, right? It's going to be in Edmonton Red Deer. Um, Those are two separate places, by the way. Uh, He's going to be playing. I'm sorry. I, I should say he's going to be playing. If he's going to play, he has something that Canada likes to bring forward. Now, I don't think he'll be playing in the top six, even if he does make it, but probably in the middle six, if anything. It's like third line minutes, potentially. Probably. But again, I'm not hitching my wagon to William Defoe is making Team Canada for the 2022 World Junior Championships. But it's starting to look that way. Like, he's, he's at least got the, f- the foot in the door. Now he's got to take a couple of steps. Right. Like, uh, half the battle is he's got to be there, which he's already got that out of the way. Right. And remember, this is a fifth-round pick from last year. Just traded to another team. That team thinks he can be a 40-goal scorer. They don't grow on trees, even at the QMJHL level. And now Team Canada's like, all right, let's see what you got, kid. So this is going to be a – maybe this turns into something. So far, so good from a fifth-round pick. Okay. Like that. And that's... All right, the last one here, sorry, was uh, the Bridgeport Islanders. I almost said Sound Tigers. uh, Released their home opener. Uh, They're going to be playing on October 23rd uh, as their home opener. The season opener for them is October 15th. And at 7 p.m., of course. There you go. You're a happy camper about that. Kind of. I'm going to miss the 1 p.m. starts, but... Yeah, I, I guess 7 o'clock just makes it a lot more better to, you know, if the Islanders aren't on, something else is happening. You know, at least you're, you're sitting in front watching it. Perfect. All right, there you go. Quiz so time? that's it for Down on the Farm. Perfect. Shall we get to that quiz, Mitch? Let's do it. As you know, every week we have a mystery Islander for Matt to guess. I have five clues. Uh, this week, as with the last couple of weeks, it has nothing to do with 205. 
nothing at all. Just a random island that I popped in my head. I'm ready. That you've got to guess. So like you can't even do like homework leading up to this. Okay. Are you ready? Let's do it. Clue one. I was born January 29th, 1986. January 29th, 1986. Uh, okay, next. I was drafted in 2004. In the third round, if that helps a little bit. Next. Three. I didn't play until 2008. So drafted in oh. 04, didn't play till 2008. Not the 2008-2009 season, but 2008 the year. Is it Franz Nielsen? It's not Franz Nielsen, but good guess. Franz, okay. I think, was a second-round pick. Yeah, around that same time, and I know he took a while. That, that was the thought right. process there. Okay. Um, clue number four. I went 5-3-1 and one in a nine-game road trip. Oh. Uh, so think about when the last yeah. the nine game road trip was I didn't say a team here but I'm kind of hinting heavily towards what team this is oh nine okay Halak no good guess though uh, five I'm in Detroit now Grice yes okay the Grice is right buddy there you go okay Thomas good job. Grace. I like that we're getting all the way through because then I get to, <laughs> to use yeah. my clues. No, that that's good. And uh, I like talking through it. That always helps too. But okay. Thomas Grice is a happy camper that Nick Letty's joining him, I would imagine. 100%. I would imagine so as well. So maybe another one will join. And maybe Leo Comrov will head over soon. I hope so. Thomas Grice, <laughs> underrated Islander. He's going to go 100%. down as a very underrated Islander in their history. Yeah. So good job by you, buddy. You got it in five. So good job. Perfect. All right. Let's get to the social segment. Mitch, what do you got for us? Okay. The first one here comes from, uh, it's Matthew Barzell's Instagram. Mm. And Barzell says, lost a good man today. And cry emoji. And it's him giving a hug to Jordan Eberle. Yeah, that that was tough to see on the IG story. Um, just Gary on Gary love. So that's, I wanted to bring it to the Gary. Thank you. Yes. Okay. We're down to one Gary. We lost OG Gary and Gary number three. Or two, I guess. Right? Lad, Andrew Ladd was Lad, the original was gonna, Gary. Oh, oh, that's right. Why did they call him Gary? It was Do just something the they did in Winnipeg, apparently. Okay. I like that. I forgot that he was the original Gary. But Man, Andrew Ladd's the original Gary. Now Jordan Eberle is gone. The only Gary left is Barzell. He'll be on the ice being like, Gary, and then crying. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> um, mine, kind of in that same vein, is from... Lauren Eberly, the wife of Jordan Eberly, she mm -hmm. says, where do we begin? Thank you. Thank you to everyone that made Long Island feel like our home away from home. The team, our friends, we made a home there. We had our daughter there. We explored and welcomed family and quarantined there. We are really going to miss Long Island. That being said, hockey life means you pack up boxes and head to your next adventure. So Seattle, we can't wait to make you home. Let's go Kraken. So that I don't know. It was just a a, a nice send off. I felt like to the to the island and the Islanders faithful. Yeah, absolutely. Good job by them. Um, that that's that's a nice move. So it's gonna it's sad to see him go, but like she says, that's a reality of hockey, right? Yeah, unfortunately, that stuff happens. So it, it's yeah, it is what it is. It's not. I don't know. Good. It was is well thought out and a well written message. So that's nice to hear. Did you have anything else? Um, the next one I have here is from Arthur Staples saying all time, kind of in the same vein of losing someone here, all time Isles defenseman point leaders, one Denny Potvain, 1,052, and then it drops off a cliff. Stefan Person, 369. Whew. Tommy Johnson, or Thomas Johnson, 333 at number three. Fitting. Four, Nick Letty, 243. Wow. There End of an era with Johnny Boychuk retired and Letty gone. Their arrival in 2014 brought real legitimacy to a franchise that didn't have much prior. No, for uh, for sure. I, I know the last couple of years with Letty weren't, he wasn't at his best, although we did see a resurgence point-wise with him this year. He was the first to buy in. And I wrote about that when after he got traded because he 
extended here. And he was so excited when he extended here. The quote, I had it in the article. I don't remember. I'm paraphrasing it, but he was essentially like, I, I believe in what we're building here. And, uh, well, he got about as close as you can get to getting a Stanley Cup without actually getting one. So uh, a couple good runs. Absolutely. No, he, like like Arthur said there in, in the tweet, like the, the fact that, or not the fact, but when Johnny Boychuk and Nick Letty arrived on the same day, right, that legitimized the Islanders' blue line that wasn't very legitimate for years before that so that was huge and it, it it was the marking point or the delineation mark when the islanders became just a kind of bunch of players to a good team yeah i love that that 2014-15 team was a lot of fun i love that team um my last one comes from wayne caffriella i want to say um he says never forget and it says hashtag Isles. And it's a screenshot of a website you might be familiar with, Mitch, eyesonisles.com. And it's a clip from an article that I wrote, actually, about a little over four years ago. And just to give you some context, it was when the protected list was announced for the Vegas draft. And you might not remember, but I'll give you who was protected. It was Andrew Ladd, Anders Lee. John Tavares, Johnny Boychuk, Travis Hamanick, Nick Letty, Adam Pellick, Ryan Pollock, and Thomas Grice. And then I listed those players off, and then I said, Adam Pellick, why in the blue hell is Adam Pellick protected over Calvin DeHaan? The Islanders electing to protect a 7th or 8th defenseman is wild stuff, but typical. Um, I, I have a question, or yeah. I guess just a, just an overarching thought here. Was that a hot take at the time? Because I feel like every single person said that was bizarre that they protected Adam Pellick. Uh, mind you, he only played 50 games at this point in his career. Had like four games in 2015-16 and then in 16-17. Nine. nine? Sorry, nine. And then played like, I don't know. This is off the top of my head. Like 40-something in the low 40s the next year. 44, good job. Right, so I mean, he was literally a rotational defenseman at that point. Yeah, playing he averaged sixteen minutes and fifty seconds that year. He had forty-four games played. I'm not throwing this off the top of my head. This is me reading Hockey Reference. I just brought it up just just to say that I, I'm not like well, I have the numbers in my head. We all know I don't. No, it, that was not a hot take. That it wasn't a take at all. It was a reaction to something that everyone, even Arthur Staple, wrote before the draft saying. They're certainly going to leave Adam Pellick and Scott Mayfield exposed. Which that at the time would seem rational. Yes, I know now things are very, very different and the Islanders are going to extend Adam Pellick to a, a nice contract and they've gotten really good value on Adam Pellick over the last two and a half years. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel like a gotcha moment because I think everybody felt that way. I hope so. Well, maybe not hope so. I'm I'm hopeful that there was someone out there be like, this guy's going to be the next elite defensive defenseman. And then that person, if you're out there, trumpet yourself. Go out and find your old take saying, like, Adam Pellick is going to be an elite defensive defenseman and sing it from the rooftops, please. If you have an old take like that, show me. I want to see that so I could then scream it from the rooftops and be like, this person knew exactly knew. what the hell they were talking about. Please, honestly, I'll write an article about it. I'll put it on Eyes on Isles. There you uh, go. And uh, please do so. If you have one of those takes, show me. It's got to be date stamped. Yeah, time stamped. Earlier than 2017. Yeah, of course. In that, in that 2017. Well, really, even the first year with Trots, it took him a little bit to get going. The first couple of months were rough, but then he hit his stride. I want to say when when like Taze got there in like January or February. Yeah, so they, I'm sure Barry Trotz knew what he was getting because he seemed to know everything about the Islander squad, including Brock Nelson. He knew what he wanted to do with these guys, but it, 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 you're right. It took Adam Pellick a little while to figure it out, as it does with most guys, right? There's there are very few players who can step into the Islanders team as it stands today and hit the ground running. I haven't seen it yet. No, yeah, we haven't. We really haven't, so don't know. Just thought that was a bit weird, but there you go. That was weird. My last one isn't necessarily more of a social thing because I haven't seen it online um, yet, but I wanted to bring it up because I thought it was it was funny-ish. Uh, funny, kind of sad also. So we're, we're talking about players leaving. Uh, so I did Jordan Eberle. I did Nick Letty. And the third one was Andrew Ladd. Can you guess the percentage of games that Andrew Ladd played 
for the Islanders. And by percentage, I mean <clears throat> over the number of games from uh, the time he arrived till today that he could have played, how many percentage-wise did he actually play? So in five years, he's pretty much missed two full years out of five. So that's... Two, like, shortened years, right? Yeah, that's true. I'm going to say, like... I, don't, I I have no idea. Again, not a math podcast. 55? Close. 49%. Okay, yeah. He played 181 of a possible 370 games for the Islanders since he arrived. Ugh. I feel bad. The injuries weren't great. I, I feel bad at this point. No, it, it, that's the thing. That's why it's a little sad because injuries completely derailed his career. Who knows if he would have been a good player anyways, injuries or not. Um, the contract was a bad idea regardless of that because no one knew what his injuries were like. Not even the Islanders, it seems. Right, like remember when he was brought in and he just immediately was injured? But sorry, no, he played for a while. It was absolute garbage, and then they made the coaching switch. Right, they went yes. from Capuano to Wait, and then Wait sat him for a couple of games, saying like, "Oh, he's got a back problem." Yeah, remember we're like, I do. Okay, you just sparked like a deep memory I didn't even know I had with that one, but I do remember that. And then he came back, and I think he finished that year with twenty three goals. Exactly. <laughs> I think 23 goals, 8 helpers eight, for eight 31, 31 points. points. A wild stat line. <laughs> Goal crazy Andrew Lett. But he was effective after he got that rest and his back mm-hmm. was good. Uh, and that came in January, right? Like it was January 7th, I'm going to say, when they appointed um, Capu- Sorry, wait over Capuano. Right around then, yeah. Something around that, right? Like they were on a road trip. <laughs> they just came back from it. So his... Injuries completely derailed. Whatever career he could have had with the Islanders, we don't know how it could have been if he was healthy. It's just when you see that cap hit and still two years remaining on the cap, or on the contract, and seeing 49 games played or 49% of the games played, that's rough. Yeah, that's tough. Oh, that's Hopefully nice. he'll get a chance to play in Arizona. He said he was going to play. I, we'll see about that. Although, like Arizona's doing whatever it can to buy up all kinds of contracts, so maybe he does play. Maybe he plays maybe. a couple games. P.S. to the Seattle Kraken. That's how you weaponize cap space. Look at how many second round picks the Arizona Coyotes have over the next two years. Well, yeah, and then they could use that to either trade up in the draft potentially or trade for players. Like, well, they don't really spend money, but they could. <laughs> they could if they wanted to. They have weapons. Eventually, they might. They have seven, right? Like. <clears throat> Seven second round picks over the next two years. Yeah, you can. Gar Snow would have his field day with first round picks on that one. Oh yeah, he would love it. Uh, last thing I, I think I said the the last one before that was uh, we have an official date for the Islanders home opener. So what, can I expect you at my house? What's the deal here? Yes, I will be there. Oh uh, my god! When it came out, I was looking at it. And I was nervous as hell because I knew it's going to be late. I figured in November. And my wife was looking at me when I told her that a couple of months ago, saying, like, well, like, I have my parent-teacher nights in November, mid-November. So I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. It's a Saturday. As soon as I saw Saturday, boom, baby, done. I'm there. doesn't even matter because I know she doesn't have parent-teacher night on that day. <laughs> Love that. So I'm sure we'll have more info when that gets much closer. But uh, put a pin in it if you're an Eyes on Isles fan because there will be some – Matt and Mitch content in the flesh, which is very, very rare. Oh, God, I can't wait. I, I honestly, buddy, I don't really hang out with a lot of people here. So, like, my big hangouts are tailgates on Long Island. I can't wait. I've been looking forward to this for two years now. And it's going to be a Saturday. We get there as early as you want. It's going to be a good day, Mitch. Ooh, Sunday is not going to be great, but that's fine. <laughs> no. Hashtag hungover on Sunday. <laughs> the uh, drive back to Ottawa is going to be tough. Oh, boy. You poor, poor bastard. Uh, Let's get to some plugs before we go. Wherever you are listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, give a rating and review. That really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You could also follow along with us on social media, at Twitter, at Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is over at TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. You could visit the website, eyesonisles.com, or get us on the fan sided app. Search up eyes on aisles on that. And of course, Patreon, we got to talk about it. Patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. $5 a month 
gets you a ton of extra content. We got a mailbag show, which we're going to record right after this. You have a post-game reaction podcast after every single game. During the offseason, we're breaking down various different topics about twice a week on that. So you're getting, at minimum, three podcasts between the two topic breakdowns, the mailbag. Uh, there's... What else is there, Mitch? I'm the forgetting. The Discord channel. Discord. There you go. You could talk to us. There's a great group in there hanging out, talking hockey all the time. It's it's a ton of fun. I love it. Yeah, and it's not like we have like two, five, six, maybe 12 patrons. No, no. 150. There are 150 people signed up for this patron account. So you could go in and have a chat with on Discord that is open all the time. And, like, the mailbag is lit. We've got 22 questions to go through today, Ooh, buddy. It's going to be a long mailbag show, so let's get to that. It's going to do it for us on episode 205. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.